Hello and welcome to My Catholic Journey. I'm glad you're here and uh, up front, I'm going to say this is maybe an adults-only kind of episode. <clears throat> I mean, I'm not going to go too far, but uh, just not something you should play for the kids. But I do think would be helpful for people that were or are as lost as I was at this point in this story. So, um, in lieu of knowing where the beginning is, I'm going to start start this off with what I consider to be significant. Something I always call my first miracle, and well, definitely not the first, it's the first that always pops in my mind when I get a little shaken, and it's one that uh, I'll describe later. So, set the stage, it was 2001, I lived in a place in Missouri, and I was having a lot of fun. You know, I had my own place, I was in a band, like, things were going good for the most part. But then I started hearing things, started hearing things about people I consider to be, like, role models of mine. People that I loved, and, um, you know, it kind of broke my heart. And being an 18-year-old uh, man, or, you know, you're 18, kind of just like a grown boy, really, that thinks he knows everything, but doesn't know everything yet... I mean, who really knows everything, but I thought I knew a lot more than I really knew then is what I'm getting at. I kind of internalized that, you know? It uh, made it so I felt like I couldn't trust the world anymore. I couldn't trust God anymore. You know, like, what does it say about me? I thought these people were cool. Like, it did a lot, you know? And I handled it in some not-so-good ways, you know? I started partying really hard, and uh, my life was pretty functional like that. You know, like, I never missed a day of work. I lived on my own, I didn't really have anybody to tell me what to do, and uh, I just kind of got to this point where I was like, man, if I if I don't just change something, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive myself crazy, you know? I'm just, I'm just not doing well where I'm at. So, I didn't think about it very long, but I had a lot of family in Chicago, and I figured, hey, I could call my cousin, which, side note, my cousin is my cousin's ex-husband, but love the man, he's still family, I still call him my cousin. And uh, I just knew I could count on him. I knew if I called him, he would maybe not be happy about me saying, hey, can I live in your house? But I knew he would do it. It's kind of one of those things that, uh, believe it or not, I think my family was pretty tight. It's something I've seen a lot growing up, where if anybody needed somebody, somebody was there. And my cousin was definitely one of those people that was, hey, if you're part of the tribe, like, we've got you. So I did it. I called him. And, uh, lucky me, he didn't really force me to explain. You know, he just heard me, probably heard what was in my voice, uh, a lot of pain and just needing, needing that change, saying, hey man, can I, can I come play with you? You know, like, I'm 18, I don't really have a plan. So, uh, he said yes, and I got over there pretty quick. You know, it's amazing when you're a kid, the way I was, how you could pull resources together so fast. I got some friends to drive me. I think I paid them like $80 in gas money, which was like, I think $30 shy of the trip back then, which is insane if you think about the price of gas now. But I got there, you know? Now I'm living in Chicago. I brought a bass with me. I'm going to start a band. I mean, I had a list of things to do to deal with some bad news. I was going to I was gonna beat someone up or maybe argue with a guy, but uh, none of that ever happened, you know? I was just 18 and sad and mad and everything else but anyway uh it was great that he took me in it was great to be there but it's one of those things that as a couple days passed I was kind of like I don't really know what I'm doing here now you know all the problems I really have are 
not even necessarily my problems, but I made them my problems and I internalized them and just kind of brought them with me. So now I'm just lost in a cool setting, kind of trying to figure things out and didn't really know how I was going there. I mean, I was probably going to maybe start working in structure with my cousin, maybe get an apartment on my own, but apartments are like four times as much as they were in Missouri. So who knows? But, uh, you know, the day came, and side note, my cousin took great care of me. I had a friend from Warrensburg living with him as well. Like, it was a great time. But uh, I think the day came where God was like, "Hey, man, I'm just gonna set you in a different direction." So it was a Saturday night. My cousin, his roommate, our mutual friend, everybody, his kids—they're all in bed at like nine or ten o'clock, something insanely early. And I'm 18. And I've got a bass guitar, and I think I had, like, a couple dollars to my name. Actually, no, I had change. I just had free time and no rules because I'm 18 and I'm a man. So, uh, anyway, I decided I'm going to go to downtown Chicago, and I'm going to figure things out. You know, I'm going to make some friends, maybe find a way to squeeze my way into a band, or at the very least, watch some shows. And a side note to that is the town I grew up in, you could watch live bands at a bar from the time you're in 10th grade on, if you just kind of act like an adult. And that's the world I grew up in. So I figure, like, I'm 18, I'm in a big city, I'm going to go hang on real bars and watch the, ne- the next Smashing Pumpkins before that anybody else. You know, it's going to be great. So I don't tell anyone I'm leaving, because that's smart, and that's where I'm at in life. You know, they're asleep, I just kind of sneak out the front door. I didn't even think I have a key, so... Eh, I don't know, maybe I did. Not important. Anyway, though, I know where the direction of downtown is, so I get on my feet, and I start walking, and I'm walking, and I'm walking, and I think it takes about 45 minutes, you know, and I'm finally there, and I'm surrounded by hundreds of people. There's lights, there's music, like... This is amazing coming from a town of Missouri to being in downtown Chicago, you know? I'm walking by the Vic Theater, I'm walking by Wrigleyville, like... I'm doing things. This is awesome. You know, and just when I'm starting to, like, really swell up inside the possibilities, things kind of, like, start not panning out the way I want them to. You know, I know at one point I try to get into the Metro. You have to be 21. I try to get into this reggae bar. You have to be 21. At one point, I'm trying to talk to a door guy about how, uh, you know, I just don't have my ID on me, but of course I'm cool. And as I'm doing this another guy just like is throwing a guy out of the club and onto the concrete and like messing him up like something you see in like an old western except this is 2001 in a city in america and uh yes westerns are cities in america but you get my point you know i'm like watching this and realize and just thinking like oh you know this this ain't missouri not everybody thinks i'm the coolest dude in the world nobody cares that i play music i don't get free drinks or even let in a bar like huh you know, what am I going to do with my time? So then I'm walking around, I'm walking around, I see some punk rocker kids, which is about what I was then. I try to talk to them and immediately almost get in an argument with them. I said something along the lines of like, hey, do you like, uh, do you like Henry Rollins and Black Flag or do you like the other guys that sing? And I hated Henry Rollins, super passionate, he seemed drunk, he was going to beat me up, it was crazy. So now I'm just kind of bumming. I'm not really bumming that much, though. You know, I'm still in Chicago. I'm still downtown. I'm just trying to figure it out. I don't know where some dudes come up to me. And these dudes, they looked maybe late 20s, mid-30s kind of dudes. Not necessarily ripped, but pretty good shape. Definitely taller than me. Definitely could uh, kind of mess me up, you know? And they come up to me, and they're like, Hey, man, you want to go get a drink? And me being retarded and coming from a town in Missouri where when a random dude offers you a drink, he's usually like a friend of a friend, and it's no big deal, and everybody knows each other, and it's totally safe, and you hang out at the bar for everybody. So I'm like, yeah, man, sure. He's like, all right, where are we going to go? And uh, 
I was like, well, let's go to this bar. And I'm like, okay, maybe these dudes are going to get me into the bar where the band's in. They're like, no, why don't you come back to my house? Immediately, I'm like, okay, this is getting weird, you know? This just doesn't feel right. So... I, I forget how I transitioned, but I did some kind of like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Maybe another time. Uh, my aunt lives nearby. I'm going to get out of here. He's like, no, you're going to come to my house. I'm like, what the f- is happening, you know? And I was like, hey, you know what, guys? I'm going to go. So I start walking a little faster, and immediately one of them's in front of me, one of them's behind me, and another's to the side of me. And this guy th- puts his phone in my hand. He's like, here, here's my buddy. Tell him uh, you're gonna blow him is his exact words actually and i'm 18 and i'm like what the dude oh my god so uh the thing that keeps me from freaking out now is i can see a cop at the l train just watching this go down so i'm like okay i'm about to get robbed this dude's saying weird sex shit to me i have a cell phone like should i smash a cell phone i don't know but there's a cop right there so like i'm not gonna get like hurt you know it's gonna be okay well, as this is happening, I don't see anything in this cell phone. I just put it back to him. I'm like, dude, I got to go. I got to go. One of them's in front of me. One's on the side of me. One's behind me. I have pushed a couple times. They tell me to give me, give them my effing money. And I do. It's like 37 cents or something crazy. And then they're pissed that I only have change. You know, and I'm like proving myself to these dudes, like opening my wallet and everything. And the dude's like, okay, give me your wallet then, which... 18 2001 we didn't have cards back then so i'm like right on you already have the 37 cents take it and he's still mad so now i have to give him my shoes and as this is happening i'm still looking over at the cop by the l train and i'm like surely any moment this dude's coming over you know here's my shoes bro and i'm starting to realize this cop isn't coming over this guy did say a bunch of weird shit to me a second ago i don't know what's about to happen next they're all bigger than me all three of them so as this is happening this is still downtown chicago and there's hundreds of people walking around i go to yell and as i start to yell i turn around and hit somebody so if you remember one's behind me one's on the side one's in front of me there's this one little space where when i turn to yell i hit someone that's not one of these guys i push the dude that guy yells and when he turns around he kind of whacks the other guy and now they're all yelling at each other and i just run and at this point, I'm just running, I'm running, I'm running, and I am totally terrified. You know, like, I've been out of the house maybe an hour, this guy's telling me I'm going to blow his friend, he's robbing me, taking my 37 cents, he took my shoes, which were, I bought for $8, and uh, I'm just running, and apparently I run in a circle, you know, I mean, I don't even know how I did the circle, but I definitely went through an alleyway and around whatever, and as I'm doing this, I end up running right by the train guard after I do the big circle, which kind of spoiled the story, but the cop turned out to be a train guard. You know, so like I run up to this cop and I start screaming, like, why don't you do something? And he's like, sorry, dude. Like, sorry, bud. You know, saw you get robbed over there. There's your shoes. So I look down. There's my shoes. A little bit of a distance away. I run over there, grab my shoes. My wallet's there. So for a bunch of creepy dudes, uh, they gave me a wallet and my shoes back i guess and at this point i'm terrified you know the cop's not a cop i got my shoes back and uh i realized i just did the dumbest thing in the world i went downtown in the middle of this big city i didn't tell anyone where i was i don't have a cell phone you don't have things like that back in those days and uh if i run into those guys again who knows what's gonna happen you know i don't know if the whole thing about me blowing his friend was a joke which 
Looking back, I'm pretty sure there were just three random drunk dudes messing with an obviously, like, out-of-town dumb kid. But, uh, you know, I was the dumb kid in this scenario. I didn't know if they were serious. And I'm not trying to excuse what they did. I'm just saying, uh, what I experienced is still bad. I just don't know if it was as bad as what I experienced. Like, I don't know if they were ever actually gonna hurt me more than stealing my shoes and my money. But, uh, either way, it was on the table and it was very scary. So, uh... Again, no cell phone. Don't exactly know where I am. I just know I'm in downtown, and I know my cousin lives a certain direction from downtown. If I could find the Million Liquor Store and turn a certain way or figure out where the Chicago River freaking sidewalk crossing thing is, I mean, I, don't even, I can't even really explain it today. I just know, like, if I look a certain way, he lives in that direction. So I start running again. And keep in mind, I've just been robbed. I ran in a circle. I go to the cop. That's not a cop. He's a train guard. I get my shoes back. I get my wallet back. And I'm running. I'm running. I'm running and I'm terrified this is kind of like when you see old Twilight Zone episodes and you're just seeing like all the images in your head of your night you know I'm thinking of the guy that got thrown out of the club he got beat up I'm thinking about getting robbed I'm thinking about how that cop's not a cop and I'm wondering if I've even seen a cop forever and uh again I'm from a small town in Missouri like I've been in and out of Chicago my whole life like visiting family but uh that's not the lifestyle I'm used to I'm used to a small town in Missouri where I think there was one murder the whole time I lived there growing up and it got solved in like two days because things like that didn't happen where I was raised you know and neither do getting robbed randomly at 10 o'clock at night like I'm sure I guess it's happened there but again things like that when they happen where I grew up people get arrested and like dealt with you know this just happened in broad daylight with hundreds of people walking by me and nobody cared and uh anyway I start running you know it looks like the twilight zone I'm thinking about everything I'm freaking out and I'm going and I'm going and all I know is I just have to get home. I just have to get home. And at this point in my life, if you want to get back to the story of uh, how it all started, I had just lost some faith in what I consider to be like a couple strong male role models. It crushed my identity of uh, what I thought about the world, what I thought about some people I loved, and then what I thought about myself for even liking these people. And I'm not even saying any of that makes sense, but keep in mind, I was an 18-year-old kid. I was retarded. And... I was mad at God. I hated him. I was convinced he didn't exist at this point in my life. And if he did exist, he, I mean, you know, me and him got something to talk about kind of action. And Lord, I knew everything. And I was mad. At, I was mad at him. I was super mad. But I was also scared enough that I don't know if I just knew or I was desperate or what, but I started praying and just started praying super hard that, hey, I have to get home. I have to get home, you know, like, I don't know where I am. Nobody knows where I am. Like, is this the end of me? Am I going to run into those dudes again? And as I'm running now, I'm like out of downtown, so I'm not surrounded by hundreds of people anymore. So partway a little relieved that I don't think I'm going to run into the guys again, but at the same time, Every person I do see in the distance, I think, is one of those dudes or all three of them, you know? Like, I'm terrified I'm going to run into them because now there's even less people. Not that anybody helped to begin with. But uh, as I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying, I run into a shopping cart being pushed out of an alley. And as I run into the shopping cart, I look up and I just see this old woman that, again, looks like something out of a movie. She looks so homeless that, like, you just can't believe this is real and... You know, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it's one of those things that I've definitely seen people need and homeless people, but this almost looked like an actor playing a homeless person, just the way she was dressed and everything. It was crazy. I can't explain it. But instead of thinking about anything but myself, which is a little messed up, 
I run into this lady's cart. I almost knock it over because I'm, you know, I'm praying and I'm running at the same time just wanting to get home. And I look at her and I go, do you have any effing money? Not in a I'm going to rob you way, but in a different, like, panic-stricken, like, I'm freaking out kind of way. And I swear to you that she said, God bless you, my child. Pulled out a bunch of change. And when I stuck my hand out, she just dumped it in my hand. And I... You know, everything I just did was definitely, like, the reactive mind. You know, I wasn't running around hoping for money or figuring out anything at all. This is just, like, what came out when I ran into this lady's shopping cart. So now I have a bunch of change. I'm looking at this woman. I immediately feel bad, but at the same time, as soon as I have this change, I'm like, oh, I could take a bus and get out of here. You know, like, it's just like it dawned on me like she knew before I did. And as soon as I think that, she points behind me, and behind me a bus pulls up and stops. And I'm like, no way. You know, and I wouldn't say best day ever. I'm still terrified. But uh, I run to the bus, and I start throwing in my change. And as I'm throwing in my change, as soon as I run out, it turned out to be the exact fare. And I don't know what I look like, but the driver definitely told me to sit down. You know, he's kind of pissed. I'm still up there throwing in a bunch of change. But uh, anyway... I get the exact fare, and I sit down, and, you know, about 10 minutes go by, and I'm kind of panicked, because now I realize I'm on a bus in the middle of Chicago, and I have no idea where I'm going, but at the same time, I'm relieved, because I'm probably not going to run into three guys that tried to rob me and said some weird stuff to me earlier, you know, so I'm like, oh, well, worst case scenario, I end up outside of town and call my cousin and be like, hey, uh, hey, Ricky, now I'm over here, you know, your fa- your favorite cousin who just uh, decided he needed to live with you and decided to leave in the middle of the night and get robbed, and now I'm on the other side of Chicago. But, uh, you know, compare that to getting robbed or running into guys who are going to beat the stuffing out of me or do whatever weird stuff they're saying. I, you know, it was definitely better. But, you know, I'm still a little freaking. And as more time passes, I start to, re- like, recognize everything I've seen out the window and I start to realize I'm about six blocks away from where he lives and as I got off the bus that night I thought about everything that happened and to sum it up you know I was lost I was confused I was mad at God I'd definitely been cursing him like uh if you were friends with me and we were drinking or anything I definitely took every opportunity to make every kind of mean joke at his expense and proclaim his existence is real. I mean, just blasphemous. It was horrible, you know. And I was angry. And I thought about it. I was so dumb to do go to the middle of Chicago by myself, not telling anyone I live with where I'm at, with no plans, no money, no direction. And I get robbed by three guys who also say some weird, creepy stuff for me. And yada yada. But when I started praying, it wasn't that long. I mean, Looking back in my memory, it was less than a minute. Maybe it was longer. I don't know. It felt like less than a minute. And I ran into a homeless lady with a shopping cart who gave me exact change, said, God bless you, and then pointed behind me to the bus that drove me right to my cousin's house. I consider it a miracle. And this is what's funny about the story, and funny is maybe a bad word. I don't know what word, what word to use, but this is something something about that story is I didn't let my guard down completely after that you know something like that happens to you you figure I mean I think you should go to church the next day I mean probably shouldn't have stopped in the first place honestly but uh if you're not going you know 
give some thanks and praise, man. He got you home safely. That was obviously that's more that's not a coincidence. That was God. But uh that's not where I was. You know, I was still mad at him. I think at that point I knew he existed. You know, I'd still say blasphemous things. But I would also say from that point on, I got a little less wild. I got a little less destructive with myself and a little less uh a little less mad at things. I mean, I still had a long way to go. My uh, reversion was more than more than a decade away from there. So you know, a lot of mistakes on the way, a lot of uh, a lot of tumbling in that fall from grace, if you will. But what that did kind of do is kind of set up a boundary for me, where I would just never go too far. Because after that moment of life, I always knew that God was real, and I couldn't deny it. Or I guess I could deny it, but I uh, internally knew it wasn't true. I knew he was real, and no matter what I said or pretended or whatever, that he was out there and he was looking out for me, and I was completely thankful. And no matter how mad I was, he never completely gave up, or he never gave up at all, I should say. And that one little act of all those things together always kept me from going too far. And the other thing it did is the whole time I was a New Age guy or an atheist or Buddhist or whatever, you know, lost is another way to put it is anytime things got too far i would head to a catholic church and even if i didn't make it to mass i would sometimes like come in the side door and listen to the guy practice his organ and uh sometimes that would be enough for me to just get my thinking straight and kind of get back in the get back in the path so uh in conclusion i hope you like listening to what i always call my first miracle it wasn't the first and i'll share some more in the future and uh, future episodes will be different than this. You know, I intend to show, to intend to share what I'm learning on my Catholic journey and uh, other significant aspects that I've experienced in life. And out of all things, I hope they they strengthen your faith. You know, if you're kind of questioning walking the line, I can tell you, God's real, and He's constantly looking to better your life and. You know, it's not always easy figuring out how to get that communication going or how to change, but if you really just kind of dig in and make it a priority, everything else gets a lot easier. And I've learned that. It took a long time. And if you're questioning things, I think you will too. The best thing to do is to just reach out, you know, and uh, give it a shot. May God love you.